Welcome to today's episode of Teacher Prep Rally, a show that highlights success in the classroom and reminds you that you're part of a team of educators finding new and better ways to help today's kids learn and achieve great things. I'm your host, Sarah Warren. I'm a learning coach for Windsor Middle School here in Windsor, Colorado. Let's get started sharing some ideas from a teacher about what today's learners need to succeed. In this episode, I interview Robin Teo about her storyboard that lesson in today. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. Um, Robin, would you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, yeah, I've been uh, teaching Spanish for 15 years now. Um, it's I'm very passionate about sharing world language with my students and um, I think it's such a life applicable subject because the kids can take what they're learning in my class and put it into the real world and um, uh, I also like to instill a love of traveling with my students and really share with them, look, you can learn a language and then you can travel and experience the world with that. So, Very cool. Um, is, has all of your instruction been in Spanish or have you taught other languages? Um, it's all been in Spanish. I've taught some other, I've actually taught history in the past and I do teach a culture class as well. So, but my only language that I teach is Spanish. Okay, good. Um, well, thanks for coming in today. Um, I know you do great things with technology. We have a program here called Silver Linings that you signed up for, mm -hmm. um, and you were one of the early adopters of using technology in your classroom. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if you would like to share a little bit about one of the tools that you're using and how you think other people might use it. Um, the one we wanted to talk about today was called Storyboard That. What mm -hmm. can you tell us about it? So that's a new program for me. I just started using it this year. Uh, and basically it gives students the opportunity to create a digital storyboard or a digital comic strip. Uh, it's fantastic for uh, language learning, but I think it can be applied in all subject areas because it gives the kids um, uh, the opportunity to share what they've learned in a, in a really fun way. Cool. Can you give an example of a lesson you've done and, and how Storyboard That works to help make that lesson come alive? Yeah. So in these last few weeks in my introduction to Spanish class, uh, I've been teaching the kids uh, words and phrases about introducing yourself to others in Spanish, talking about where you live, how you feel, what you like to do. Uh, and so I started that lesson by teaching them some songs and gave them a standard vocab list and they defined some things, uh, but I really wanted the kids to actually speak those words and find a, a fun way to do that. And so I had the kids create a comic strip. And what is also wonderful about this program, Storyboard That, is they create the comic strip and then they can also record audio to go with it. Nice. Yeah. Um, how do they turn something like that in? Are you, as a teacher, do you just have access through Storyboard That, or do they download something and turn it in through an LMS? So you set up your classrooms through Storyboard That. So okay. I have three different classes set up, and you give your kids an access code mm -hmm. to join your classroom. And it's incredibly simple once you have it set up because the student's work is just automatically in your account. They don't have to worry about downloading or turning in or it's just there. And what kind of comic strips are they creating with this? Um, like, can you give an example of what they might be talking about? Or could you give me an example to put on the show notes? Uh, yeah, I can definitely give you a sample of a student's uh, work, but basically they just pick how many boxes they want to work with. And then there's 
an abundance of uh, characters that they can pick from. Once you pick the character, you pick their hair color and what they're wearing and the position that they're sitting in and the background. And then you insert little text boxes and the kids have so much fun doing that. So not only are they doing the Spanish, but they love making it about themselves and creating their own characters. And you also don't have to worry about um, them being on Google and looking at pictures that aren't applicable to what you're doing. They're, they're solely using one, one website uh, to create their little product. So you feel like it's good that it kind of limits them a little bit and they have mm -hmm. to create within the parameters? Yeah, it, the digital integrity is just really easy with this. And the kids never complain about not having enough choices. The, the choices are really endless with what they can choose. Good. Um, some people worry that an approach like that kind of takes the focus off the learning. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to somebody like that? So at least in my area, I loved that the kids were so focused on their vocabulary sheet because the requirement was to use at least 15 phrases from that sheet. And so they were constantly going back and forth between vocab and typing it in. And then I was pretty strict about their punctuation marks and I wouldn't let them do the audio until I actually edited it. And I was, I was pretty strict on, um, on the, the accuracy uh, of their language. And so I, I know what you're saying about that. I could see the kids getting too focused um, on creating their characters, but I really liked the balance. It gave, it was fun for them at the same time as learning. It sounds like um, when I hear you talk, it sounds like you did a couple of things to keep that from happening. Mm -hmm. um, you chunked the project into sort of smaller pieces and they didn't get mm -hmm. to go to the fun part of recording audio until they really have mm -hmm. the content down. Mm -hmm. um, and it also sounds like you really designed the project and the rubric mm -hmm. around the content mm -hmm. and not the look of the finished product mm -hmm. journey. Yeah, exactly. And that's another um, tool that Storyboard that has is you create the rubric directly on the website. Uh, in fact, you you write the rubric and then you once you enter the information and it takes you to another website that builds that rubric for you into a visually appealing way. Uh, and the kids see that immediately. And so that was another nice thing is they were constantly looking at that rubric while they worked on their project because it's all just together on one site. So it keeps it in front of mind for them. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as you're looking at their work as well? Mm -hmm. And is there a grading tool where it keeps track of grades or uh, you do you grade on your own? Um, both, both. And if you want the kids to have just feedback right away, you can print the rubric out and handwrite uh, the scores, or you can just enter it in digitally. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. um, what other strategies have you tried to teach this material before? Like what other ways have you taught this? So in the past, last year, actually, with, when I did not use this, I had the kids try to write a skit and uh, act it out. And I did not let them use Chromebooks, actually, because I didn't want them going to Google Translate. And that just gets them into trouble because they have no idea what they're saying once they <laughs> go to do the skit because they've mm -hmm. never heard the words before. Yeah. Uh, so I had them just stick to their vocab sheet and they had to write a skit. Um, what do you think the trade-offs are there? The, the work is really hard to grade. Mm. Their handwriting is usually a mess. Um, or I'll just miss, I'll miss things because I'm reading it so quickly. Or again, I can't read it as well because their handwriting is too small or too sloppy. Um, 
I just didn't feel like the performance was as good uh, with Storyboard that because it's typed out, I can be much more meticulous about telling the kids what my expectations are. And they almost Things enjoy like accent marks. Yeah, accent marks. And, you know, it's surprising to me, the kids will start their sentences and not capitalize their or they'll forget a period, things like that. So I feel like I'm teaching them language in general, like, look, you, it's still important that you write a complete sentence and have correct uh, punctuation. But um, the other thing I found just today is a student who is super quiet, you can barely hear his voice, he would never want to get up in front of the class and do a skit. Mm -hmm. uh, but with this storyboard, I sent him out to do his audio. Uh, and when I listened to his recording, I couldn't believe how good his Spanish was. His, pronunci his pronunciation was awesome. I was so excited for him. And I never would have been able to uh, really hear that uh, in other, other ways of presenting. Did you have kids um, record more than once? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a group. They, uh, they did a a great job as far as writing it, but their pronunciation was off. So I did go through it with them and they recorded it uh, another, a second time after we practiced. Yeah. What I found, and I haven't used storyboard that, but what I found with similar programs like that is if the kids can record it and listen back to themselves, mm -hmm. a lot of times they will get very um, diligent about going back and re-recording it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes more than you want them to because they are so intent on getting it yes. perfect, um, which is pretty neat to see that instant feedback yeah. just hearing themselves um, and seeing them go back and correct stuff before you even have to lay eyes on it and grade it and yes. give them feedback. It's kind of nice. That's so true. For themselves. Yeah. Yep. So true. Um, what other ways could you see using this tool? Um, I know you mentioned you could, having been a social studies teacher and mm -hmm. um, teaching other classes, um, you could see some other ways to use it. What do you think some of those might be? Yeah, I feel like maybe in history class, a student could recreate um, a point in history that they're talking about uh, and use factual uh, information to create dialogues. Uh, between two historical figures. Uh, science, you could probably do the same thing, put a teacher in a classroom and have that teacher explaining a certain concept to a student oh, in yeah. that little comic mm -hmm. strip. Uh, language arts, if you're having you know, students come up with a creative story, they could write the story first and then put it into storyboard and create a comic strip to go with it. Uh, and then again, record the audio mm -hmm. as well. So I Great. think there's a lot of a lot of ways to do it. For sure. Um, yeah, I think it's a really neat program and a neat idea. Um, I'm really excited that you kind of jumped on that and um, can involve. You're kind of um, a great person in our building to just dive right in and figure oh, things thanks. out as you go. And um, I think that's a great thing to see. Thank you. Um, what tips do you have for a teacher who is trying something like this, maybe, and especially maybe somebody who has a little less experience with technology mm -hmm. than you, what would you warn them about? Um, with this program in particular, I will admit it was a little dramatic to set up. Okay. Um, so I would, I would advise just uh, taking, taking a good amount of time to make sure that you, that you do have your classes set up and I'd be happy to give instruction and guide um, teachers as to, how to how to set up a classroom properly and then I'd also recommend give the students super detailed instructions as to how to turn their work in because if they do it incorrectly the first time it's really hard to reverse it okay. um, so the I, I did do this lesson first quarter and I learned 
how important it is to give the kids specific directions. And so second quarter, it's been incredibly smooth because I posted on uh, Canvas step one, step two, step three, and I warn the kids do not get off of these steps or I won't see your work. And they did a tremendous job. So I guess I would just recommend making sure you're really thorough mm-hmm. with um, setting it up and with giving instructions to the kids. Okay. Did you just write out instructions and said step one, step two, step three, mm-hmm. or did you walk them through it? Um, I didn't walk them through it because they. I've learned that they don't really listen. Mm. <laughs> so it's better just to have it in a place where yeah. they can access it when they need it. Yeah, exactly. So it's just all on Canvas. And with a class of 30, it's just hard to get everybody at the same step at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I found it easier to just post it. And then I was able to walk through the room and help when they needed it. So okay. it worked well. Good. Sounds like that's kind of your teaching style anyway, is to yeah. kind of have kids working at their own pace and yeah, and that works well. and helping them mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thank you so much for coming in today to talk to us about this. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Robin, thanks for talking to me, um, and thanks for sticking around to do our questionnaire. Um, I like to ask all our guests these questions, so it sounds like you're up for it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, the first one is what tech tip, tool, or shortcut could you not live without? Uh, well, definitely Google. That's kind of a go-to answer, but I don't think I could live without Google um, personally or Just professionally. Google search, like Go- um, no, like um, well, Google Docs, okay. I guess to be more specific. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I used Classroom a lot. That is incredibly useful. I do do Canvas now, but Google Classroom is fantastic. Um, docs, slides everything. I couldn't live so without just that. The, like the G suite of tools mm-hmm. where kids can interact and work yeah. together and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, what, this is supposed to be an inspiration question. What are you watching, listening to, or reading that's inspiring you? Um, it's a pretty simple answer, but I have a uh, friend who's a literacy coach at an elementary school in Fort Collins. And she is so motivated in inspiring reading in her elementary school students. And I agree with her. I feel like our kids don't love to read as mm-hmm. as much as they should, and they don't necessarily read for fun. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare when, you know, kids finish their work early. It's very rare that they might have a book with them uh, that they can read in their free time. And my, so my friend... Um, she actually wants to write a book about this and she is coming up with really cool ways in her classroom as to how to really instill a love of reading in her students. And yeah, her, um, her skills are really impressive. So that you find that really inspiring Mm -hmm. to talk to her about that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, let's see, if you could change one thing about public education today, what would it be? No, that's a big question. Yeah, that's a big question. (laughs) Um, yeah, there's lots of different things. I I think with a lot of students, the standards could be higher. I think our kids are much are capable of much more than what they realize. And I feel like with a certain certain group of students, if we somehow gave them some higher standards, higher expectations, uh, some true challenges that will make them uncomfortable, even I think I think we would get even even better products out of, out of these kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you I mean by true challenges, I wonder. Um, I think 
assignments or even life applicable, get outside the classroom. And I guess for, in Spanish, for example, get outside of the classroom and go to a market where Spanish is spoken and make yourself uncomfortable and figure out how to inquire about a price or, or make a purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our kids are really capable of doing tasks like that, that are so you think very kind of challenging. Comfortable I think with the learning and maybe yeah. some productive struggle is a good thing. Yeah, I think they're just a little sheltered as to um, what they might face in, in the world once they get outside the classroom. And I think that they're just capable of, of a lot and maybe we don't open those doors up enough for them. Okay. Um, I really like that answer. I think that's a opens up some interesting doors in my mm-hmm. mind for what could we be doing differently and mm-hmm. in what ways could we challenge kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I think about it, sometimes we assume that those are our gifted and talented mm-hmm. identified kids um, that would take that challenge, need more of a challenge and take that challenge and run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started to see that that's not always the case. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's kids that we identify one way, you know, at the other end of the spectrum in, in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we really challenge them, um, they run with it. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, how can people connect with you if they have any questions or comments, uh, want to, maybe want to find out more? Yeah, well, I'm at Windsor Middle School and uh, just a simple email. I'm good about responding. And so, yeah, I'd be happy to chat with anybody who wants, yeah, wants, well, wants more info. Thanks for offering that. Yeah, for sure. I really appreciate it. Thanks again, Robin, for coming in on a Friday afternoon to talk to me about technology. Um, I know that's sometimes a hard ask, so I really appreciate you making the time. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Teacher Prep Rally. You can find the transcript and show notes sooner or later for this podcast at teacherprepralli.blogspot.com. You can share your ideas, comments, or reactions on Twitter with the hashtag teacherprepralli, all one word, or tag me at wizardwarren. Tune in next time to hear more interviews and inspiration on Teacher Prep Rally.